Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. I'm Will Heisentruitt, and this is Sometimes Baseball. I am joined by writer, journalist, editor, broadcaster, and former distinguished video coordinator, my good friend, co-host David Bourne. How you doing, David? Can't complain, Will. The Flyers won today, so I am in a good mood. There you go. There you go. Yeah, they, uh, the Capitals quickly left the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> they to be there, but here we are. <laughs> All right, we're going to run through our agenda for today. We're going to jump back into it with the What You've Been Thinking, me and David, and then today in baseball history, takeaways from the fifth week of the season. We're going to have a little mock trading deadline, a draft of Italian dishes. Very excited about this. And then we're going to bring it all home with the trivia, song lyric, movie quote, and the trending Twitter topic. With all that being said, if you have a fun Twitter story you want us to talk about, trivia that you think can stump David or our guests, you can be part of the show. All you have to do is reach out to us on either Instagram or Twitter. On Instagram, you can DM us at Sometimes Baseball. And on Twitter, you can reach us at Sometimes Baseball. Additionally, if you like our logo, head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash Sometimes Baseball. If you don't like any of the current designs, you can reach out to our email, which is sometimesbaseball at gmail.com. So, David, what you been thinking? Oh, I, I forgot to prepare this one today. You start, you start us off, and I'll, I'll come up with something. All right, yeah, no problem. So here's what I've been thinking. Socks are one of the most underrated items people use every day. A pair of warm socks just makes that moment so much better. I don't know, like you take them out of the dryer, you throw them on, like it feels pretty nice. <laughs> but this is where my thought comes in. A pair of wet socks or putting on brand new socks and stepping in some water most uncomfortable experience you can have. It's a day ruiner every single time. Yeah, it's like, all right, got to take these socks off. Like, perfectly nice pair of socks. See ya. They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> that very much ruined uh, a, a good experience. But, yeah, so that's my thought. Socks, underrated. I have Yeah, I'll give you credit on that one. Now, do you prefer, like, red socks or, or uh, white socks? Well, the teams? <laughs> uh, I don't know. My takeaway last week was the Red Sox pitching staff is bad, and I think we all saw that coming. The White Sox are fun. Jose Abreu is mashing baseballs, and I'm for it. I don't know if you saw that highlight of Luis Robert uh, stealing the ball from Eloy Jimenez. That was hilarious. I did, yes. (laughs) Do you have a thought? Did you prepare one? Do you have an idea of one? I was outside earlier. It's 8-12 right now, but it was probably about 6-30 when I walked out. And um, I think August nights are my favorite time of the year. It was like 70 degrees. The sun was still out, but um, was going down a little bit. So the sky was a cool color. And yeah, love it. My favorite time of the year. I just felt like I should have been out like with a bonfire somewhere. Oh, Yes. Or even uh, at a major league stadium with a bunch of my friends. But uh, this time of the year, the days can be a little hot, but the nights are always perfect temperature, and it's my favorite time. Yeah, definitely summer nights. I think there's been a host of songs about that yeah. <laughs> summer nights. I, and I remember what my thought was going to be, and I couldn't remember it. I had a thought, and then I forgot it. But now I remember it because of what you said. So next week, I'll be presenting my take on everything and everything pumpkin spice. Uh, <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to today in baseball history. August 26, 2017, 
by homering off Kyle Hendricks in the first inning of a 17-2 loss to the Cubs. Phillies outfielder Reese Hoskins becomes the fastest player to hit 10 home runs in, in the majors, doing so in his 17th career game. The previous record was 21 games, done by George Scott in 1966 and Trevor Story in 2016. So this is a thought I've had and a lot of others as well in the industry. But what is it with all these rookies just mashing the competition as soon as they get up? The Nats have a 20-year-old in uh, Luis Garcia who hit 357 his first week in the bigs. Tatis Jr. is lighting the world on fire. Juan Soto is hitting 400. Like, Acuna Jr. is a legit MVP guy. He hit a fall 473 feet off Garrett Cole today. What is it with these guys? I think, number one, it might show just the value of film and analytics and, you know, just all of the information that we have at our disposal now. Just because when these guys first come up, you don't have any of that. Um, yeah, yeah. So the pitchers, I guess, don't know what to study for as much, don't know what to prepare for. But um, I love it at the same time. I, there's nothing more fun in baseball than when, like, a rookie like Reese Hoskins comes up and just starts hitting dingers every other at bat. And he everybody gets so excited, you know what I mean? And it yeah. creates some buzz for the sport. It creates some buzz for these guys. And unfortunately, that, you know, um, winds down as uh, their career goes on. Yeah. Like, nobody – yeah. continues on these torrid stretches but uh yeah love a good rookie yeah he got the name reese lightning pretty quickly yeah. uh, <laughs> in reference to grease lightning from uh the awesome musical grease like who's it austin riley last year was lighting the world on oh, fire yeah. like i don't know like these guys just seem so confident when they get to the big leagues like they like they show up it's like all right where's my uh turkey and mayo uh on rye I'm hitting fourth tonight. Let's go. <laughs> He's like sitting yeah. back in like a lazy boy, just like, all right, here we go. Garrett Cole on the bump. Who cares? We're, we're taking him deep. Let's let's uh, let's get after it, boys. Come on. <laughs> like these guys just show up and they just start mashing all over the place. I, I think it's great. And uh, it really can connect with those younger fans. Something to look forward to every year. I'm a huge minor league baseball guy. I'm, I'm really nerdy that way in terms of prospects rankings everything of that nature so um, yeah. i love to follow guys when they first come up it's a blast i i am a fan of it uh but then also on the other side you also get guys like mike yastrzemski who didn't debut till he was 29 last year like <laughs> i don't realize he was that old yeah he's i think he's 30 now oh wow but yeah he and now he's leading the major leagues in war like <laughs> and so it I don't know, but you don't hear that story as much as the one. And I, I think the reasoning is because people start getting these expectations of, like, how much can they do now? Like, how – what records can they break? Because they're here so young, can they play until they're in their mid-40s? Like an Albert Pujols or something. I don't know. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Albert Pujols on the – getting ready to pass Willie Mays on the home run list. Watch out for that. All right, takeaways from the fifth week of the season. Here's mine, and it is the Angels just don't have it. David, Gary, and I were all very high on them at the beginning of the season. Uh, Rendon and Trout are doing their best, but the pitching is letting them down. The defense is letting them down. It's not good. They're fourth in the major leagues in errors right now. It, yeah, it's not, it's not a fun team to watch. Their owner has to be pulling his hair out, his or her hair out. I don't know. I don't know who owns them, but um, 
to spend all of that money almost every single off season and to still be stuck where you were six years ago has got to be the worst feeling in the world. Imagine if they had signed Shohei Otani as like a legit free agent instead of like the minor league deal he's on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would not be good right now. No. And I don't, I don't know how you fix it. They have no farm system because they've just been average for the longest time and, you know, haven't been able to get those picks that you need to sort of grow the top guys and stuff like that. And you have so many guys that are just anchored down with those huge deals. And where do you go? Yeah, because Pujols isn't going anywhere. He's going to keep trying to climb those leaderboards. <laughs> You're not taking Shohei Otani out of the lineup. You're not taking Mike Trout, not taking Rendon out of the lineup. But, yeah, the problem really is on the pitching side. And you sent me a text earlier this week that was the narrative went so quickly from can Dylan Bundy lead the Angels to the playoffs to how much can Dylan Bundy get the Angels at the trading deadline? Yeah, literally. It, it was almost <laughs> funny, like, how quickly it, it shifted. And that's why I texted you about it because I was like, wow, today I'm, I'm hearing all the stuff about Dylan Bundy getting traded, and it feels like less than a week ago or, you know, just over a week ago, I was hearing about how Dylan Bundy was having this resurgence and he was going to take the Angels to the playoffs and this, that, and the other, and the team just crumbled. It's not – it's not a fun team to watch. It's really bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I tuned in yesterday to a game, and they were just getting pounded. No offense. Like, ugh, just wasn't good. It's pretty and then rough. the second game of that doubleheader, they scored like 12 runs. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's got to be frustrating, but for especially for their owner. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's, yeah. Your, <laughs> what's your takeaway? So, this is also something we had talked about, but the Cleveland Indians and their ability to develop pitchers – is unmatched in the league. I think Tristan McKenzie debuted yeah. probably within the last week, right? Or at least or at least recently and struck out what 10 11 guys that yeah. James Karinchak they have out of the bullpen is striking out. That guy is nasty. Yeah, he like actually every other batter he's facing, he's striking <laughs> out. Like his ERA is below 1. He's a rookie and then of course just look at their staff now. You have Bieber, Clevenger, Plesak, all those guys. And then even in the past, Carrasco, Bauer. Yeah. Like He's still all pretty good. much homegrown guys. Like Carrasco, they got from the Phillies, but they were the ones who really grew them, like through the minors. And I don't know what they're doing to those pitchers in Cleveland, but whatever it is, it's working. And that development staff is not getting paid enough. Yeah, they're feeding all those guys their Wheaties every start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gee, all right. I'm looking at pitching stats right now, and we one of our buy seller holds was Shane Bieber will lead the major leagues in strikeouts. Uh, just for an update, he has 75 strikeouts. The next closest is Lucas Giolito, who just had back-to-back -back, uh, games of 13 strikeouts, also through a no hitter. But so Bieber has 75, Lucas Giolito has 58. It's not close. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They are unfortunately having to start Mike Clevenger to trade him. Yeah, they're they're in that weird spot where like they're not going to sign anybody, but they're also still contending. So I don't I don't know what you do for you have to do you know try to do one of those like Trevor Bauer trades like they did last season, I guess. But yeah, yeah, they got a year and a half left of Lindor. Ah, <laughs> I think he goes this winter. Me too. Me yeah, too. you could probably get the most for him now while he still has like that year of relatively cheap salary. I don't, I don't know what you get for him. Better be a haul. But yeah, they yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Cleveland Indians are another team where 
it's frustrating because they have so much talent, but at the same time, they cannot spend to get the guys that they need to bring everybody else in. And I don't, really. I don't like to think that it's they cannot spend. They well, choose. yes, <laughs> they choose not to spend. And I've had very long discussions about this uh, with yeah. our friends who don't understand baseball when uh, everything's happening before the start of the season where it's like, oh, why don't – like, oh, my gosh, these owners are losing money. Well, it's like, no, 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 no. They, are, they have money. They're billionaires. Yeah, they've all got They it. are actively choosing to not spend money because they don't want to. And this was my movie quote last week with Carrie and I, it came from the dark night and it was, it's not about the money. It's about sending <laughs> a message. <laughs> so, and we got talking about a uh, Detroit Tigers hit the owner there, or he was just handing money to anybody and everybody just to try and win a championship. Like all that money to Prince Fielder, all that money to Miguel Cabrera, like Jordan Zimmerman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just anything and everything. And he, cause he wanted to see, a winner so yeah it's not about the money it's about sending a message i know you like that one. Oh yeah one of my all-time favorite quotes but yeah there should be a contract owners have to sign that says i don't care how much money we spend cap floor man that's the way to do it yes sir all right and speaking about the tr i guess money in a sense uh, a way to kind of get around that is with trades you don't have to sign a free agent, but you can bring somebody in for a year or more. And so I asked everybody to bring a mock trade that they thought as the trade deadline is approaching. One of the major trades that has already happened is David's Philadelphia Phillies brought in Brandon Workman and Heath Hembry from the Boston Red Sox. But I expect more trades to come. So David, what is your mock trade? Very interested to hear this. All right, I think there's a clear need in New York, in the Bronx, for pitching. Yes. So I've been trying to figure out a way to get pitchers there, and we did talk about Dylan Bundy just a couple minutes ago. Yes. So um, the Yankees, of course, have a surplus of hitting because somehow they just find guys on the street and turn them into studs. It's unfair. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> have expendable talents like Miguel Andahar. Yep. I'm thinking maybe they could work something out involving Bundy and Andahar. Uh, Andahar is, of course, a guy who has a lot of promise, and he's got to be younger than Bundy by a significant margin. So I'm not entirely sure if the Yankees would be willing to budge. But in my MLB The Show-minded trade situation here, I think the Yankees could work something out for Dylan Bundy with potentially throwing in Miguel Andahar. Okay, that's what I'm interested about solely on the side of the Angels because they don't have pitching. What they have is hitting. So I'm looking at the Yankees' top prospects right now to see what kind of pitchers they could get. Davey, maybe. Garcia? Yes, Davey, Garcia, Clark Schmidt. Although I, I don't really view – I don't think anybody views him as highly as they once did. But I think the Angels would rather have three pitchers instead of Andujar and, like, a guy that – could maybe work out i don't know what are your what are your thoughts um do we know what dylan bunny's contract situation looks like i'm pulling that up right now but if you okay. know because that would impact okay he has one more year of arbitration left so so yeah that's a year and a half of dylan bundy yeah and it just depends on how big teams are on dylan bundy because i mean sure he had a really dominant 
first month or two there. Mm-hmm. But can he keep it going is the question. Yeah, I don't know. So he's going to go. It's just a matter yes. of where he's going to go, and everybody <laughs> could use pitching. You know what I mean? But um, I think the Yankees, if they don't move for, for Bundy or Clevenger or one of those guys are going to be in big trouble come playoff time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you move an Andahar for Clevenger if you're more comfortable with, you know, his his proven consistency or something of that nature. But my mock trade definitely involves the Yankees, and it definitely involves them getting a pitcher. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, for, for now, I'll say Dylan Bundy because I know Brian Cashman is a little stingy with prospects sometimes and doesn't like to move them. Yeah. But if Miguel Andahar is going to be sitting in Scranton and your pitchers are giving up eight runs a game, what are you waiting for? You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and, and another guy that uh, could also benefit from just getting off that team and getting playing time is Clint Frazier. But yeah, those I are the- always I always feel like they're never going to trade him, but they always dangle that idea out there. I don't know why. Yeah, he had some quote that came out today about how it wouldn't be a trade deadline if he wasn't in trade talks. It's that he's a weird dude. But um, yeah. one of those two has to go. I, I don't understand the point in keeping all of them around. I really like Gio Urshela, so I'm keeping him. I'm I'm not moving him. Oh so. yeah. Yeah, he's exploded. Yeah, gotta go. Yep. I yeah, I like that. Uh, one of my favorite times of the year is the trading deadline, just because it's like, what are teams thinking? Like, you kind of get into the minds of like, where do you, uh, general managers really think their team is lacking, and what, yeah, and how they view their uh, prospects? Because people can put up prospect lists, but it doesn't necessarily align with what uh, people internally think of their prospects. So. And everybody always thinks their guys are better than they are. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. 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 All right. Here's my mock trade. And I think I'm going to have to change it based on what I saw today. Uh, but here's what I had originally. And you'll probably figure out pretty quickly why I think it would change. So I also involved pitching in mine. And I thought the Atlanta Braves need pitching. So, unfortunately, Cole Hamels and Mike Soroka are both down on the injured list. Felix Hernandez opted out. So, they are very thin on starting pitching. And they also need somebody that can go out there and eat innings. So, I saw this stat today that further cemented my idea that this guy is just what the Braves need. Lance Lynn and Rafael Montero will be shipped out of Texas to Atlanta for Sean Newcomb, Ian Anderson, Alex Jackson, and Michael Harris. And here's the stat on Lance Lynn. In 31 consecutive starts, he has thrown 100 or more pitches. If that's not stability to add to your rotation, I don't know what is. (laughs) And it's good pitching, too. Uh, Lance Lynn has one of our 10 complete games on the year. Woot, woot for carry stats. Uh, (laughs) And uh, Rafael Montero uh, leads the Texas Rangers in saves. Everybody loves a good bullpen arm. (laughs) <laughs> the Braves um, could use him too yeah but Sean Newcomb he needs a change of scenery Ian Anderson is a top prospect Alex Jackson is a catcher with pop and was actually drafted sixth overall in 2014 and Michael Harris is a 19 year old outfielder in double a but I think the, de- de- the deal will change after seeing Ian Anderson today go six innings one run against the New York Yankees. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just going to say uh, that, that showing from, from Anderson today might spoil that one. Yeah. But Newcomb is definitely somebody you could move. Yeah. I think there's still a lot of potential there, and he showed that he can, he can put quality starts together, what, probably, I guess, a season or two ago now. Mm-hmm. He just got optioned the other day, but I, I yeah. like the stuff there, and I like 
Atlanta's scouting department enough to know that he's got some potential. Yeah. So I think the deal could be changed to Lance Lynn for Sean Newcomb, uh, the Michael Harris guy, and then they also have another catching prospect, the Atlanta Braves do, uh, under the name William Contreras. Good name, good strong name, William. Uh, He's actually playing now. Uh, Another one that they could put in there is Shea Langliers. Langliers? I don't know. You know who I mean. He's a top catching prospect. But the Rangers, they need bats, and I think this Michael Harris guy is kind of what they're looking for. Uh, Sean Newcomb, Reclamation reclamation Project, and uh, if they could get one of, if not multiple of, Alex Jackson, William Contreras, or Shea Langliers, I think they could. I think that's a deal that benefits both sides very much so. Yeah, for Texas, I'm thinking you have to move Lance Lynn now. Mm -hmm. His value is never going to be higher than it is right now. He's absolutely dealing. I just pulled it up. He's 4-0 with a 1-5-9 ERA. He's got 50 strikeouts (laughs) through 45 innings. Yeah. Lance Lynn is never going to be on a better stretch than he is right now, and thus his value is higher than it's ever going to be. And he's relatively cheap, too. Yeah, I think he could be uh, fit in Atlanta. They need pitchers. No one really knows if Cole Hamels is going to pitch, as you mentioned. They have a lot of young starters right now, and to get that sort of veteran presence in there and someone as stable as Lance Lynn, like you touched on, would be huge. Yeah, Lynn was a big contributor for a lot of those Cardinals teams. And so he has that playoff experience that a lot of these guys might not have. But, yeah, so before Ian Anderson started today, that deal made a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) Now seeing what he can do at the major league level, like if he got shelled today, like maybe that makes more sense, but I don't know. Or Atlanta could be putting him out there to see, to try and increase his trade value to get a big arm, like a Mike Clevenger or something. Could be, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I I'm very excited for this. And as mentioned before, I am super excited for the last two weeks of the season, just to see what happens. (laughs) It's going to be hectic, it's good, but it's, uh, like I said, it's going to be a lot of fun at the same time. Yes, yes. Very excited for that. And I'm also very excited for our draft today of Italian dishes. This can be whatever you, way you want to go with it. doesn't matter. Your idea of Italian might be different than mine, but we're going to figure it out. All right, David, go ahead. What's your first pick off the board? With the first pick, I'm going to go with a timeless classic. It cannot be beat. I could eat this whether it was, I don't know, breakfast or 3 o'clock in the morning, honestly. And that is uh, pizza. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing better in my mind that tops a good slice of pizza. It's consistent. It is Lance Lynn consistent. (laughs) (laughs) That is why I'm taking pizza with my first pick. Our friend group loves pizza so much, we would go on, quote-unquote, pizza tours. Uh, <laughs> there is five spots around uh, where we all went to college, and we would take a day sometimes and just hit all five, get a slice at each, and rank them. Some days would be different rankings. Some days would be different than others. But uh, pizza it has become very Americanized. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's all that needs to be said, really. If, if you don't like pizza, <laughs> I'm going to judge you a little bit. Because who doesn't like pizza? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sheesh. Unless you're gluten-free, which in, in which case, yeah. There's, there's got to be some gluten-free pizza out there, man. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, hope so. It probably doesn't taste as good as... Oh, no, definitely not. You need all that gluten. <laughs> 
all right here is my first selection and uh so shout out to my mom she makes this better than anybody lasagna my mom's lasagna is fire i made lasagna last night there you go yeah <laughs> yeah whenever i'm coming home my mom always has a lasagna just in the oven it's it's a great feeling that that's how you know your home uh, <laughs> is uh when you got some meaty lasagna ready piping hot out of the oven uh, you know who yeah. actually made some pretty decent lasagna duquesne cafeteria oh <laughs> <laughs> i do remember getting it sometimes yeah geez we, we could do an all-time top or a draft of the worst things at Duquesne's <laughs> kitchen, uh, the dining hall. Yeah, we could go on for a while about that, but maybe for another time. <laughs> <laughs> lasagna was decent. I'll, get, I'll give them that one. Yeah, their best thing that they had there was the pulled pork sandwiches. Anyway. I'm trying to think of what I liked. But pulled pork was good. I don't know. All right, but back to Italian dishes. You're, you're a big cake guy. <laughs> the desserts they had were phenomenal. Yes, no, I'm a noted cake guy. I was, I guess, famous or infamous for that. But um, I also liked, oh, gosh, now, now you got me on it. I liked when they had, like, the hard ice cream, you know, where you could scoop it yourself. Never got it, but I heard good oh, things. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was like vanilla bean, like the good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> round two. All right, uh, second round pick. I'm going to go another very Americanized dish, but one of the best. That is uh, chicken parm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a big, hot piece of chicken parm. Yes. Few things better. Pasta Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I actually have the same top three. I, I had pizza, lasagna, chicken parm. So. <laughs> Lasagna was actually one of my later round picks, but uh, yeah, pizza and, and chicken parm are heavyweight contenders every single year, man. Yeah, they, yep. they're at the top. yeah. I, I had to I had to give a shout out to my mom. So there you go. <laughs> Hopefully she tunes in. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I doubt it. I doubt anyone outside of us will ever know this episode existed. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go. Ah, jeez, I don't know. Um. I'm going to go consistency here. I'm going to go spaghetti and meatballs. Uh, good. Yeah. If you ever, if you've ever had one of those big meatballs that like the, the true Italians make, that's an experience in itself. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just regular spaghetti and meatballs. Flames. Flames. I can't say otherwise. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What you got for us? So the my pronunciation on here might be butchered, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say it in a couple ways. But gnocchi or gnocchi or whatever you want to call it is just a big hearty ball of <laughs> like cheese or potato, and yeah. I mean that says enough. <laughs> when drenched yeah. in tomato sauce, it is absolutely delicious. <laughs> yes. Oh, geez. Uh, my favorite David gnocchi story. It was the Super Bowl. Was it two years ago or whatever? Like yes. the Patriots playing the Eagles, and a whole bunch of us, we all got food. And so everybody ordered chicken wings, and David ordered gnocchi. <laughs> it was delicious. Yeah. Shout out to Pizza Bosa. It's right near PPG Paints Arena in uh, downtown Pittsburgh. Um, yes. I can't think of the guy's name who worked behind the <laughs> counter, but he was awesome. And they make a mean gnocchi, gnocchi, whatever you want to call it. It's delicious. <laughs> Nazim Islamov. 
That's my boy. I follow him <laughs> on Instagram. That's how much that place meant to us. Oh, gosh. Uh, Look, our, tag him in it. Literally. In uh, our floor sophomore year, a common phrase around the floor was pizza? Bosa. Bosa, yes. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Oh, gosh. That guy was great. Love that guy. All right. My next pick is going to be Chicken Alfredo. Solid, solid pick every time. The Alfredo adds like a little bit like a different taste than you'd normally get with uh, the classic Italian dishes, but I love it. Uh, the Alfredo sauce is definitely flames. And yeah, that's my third selection. Yeah, I don't, I don't eat a lot of uh, Alfredo sauce. It just feels super heavy, but it is good. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't eat it a lot either, but like when it when it's available, oh yeah, like gotta I'm go in the for mood it. For it, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> so I worked in an Italian restaurant a couple summers ago. This um, is true. It was called Il Portico in Burlington, New Jersey, and it was an interesting job. I'll say that, but the food was very good. It was from an Italian man named Al, and my favorite dish to get from there was Polo Valdestano which was chicken that was stuffed with cheese, mushrooms, and something else. And it was Ooh. delicious. So uh, that is wow. my bougie pick of the night. And <laughs> yeah, Polo Valdestano. <laughs> wow, that's, uh, that's a good one. I've never heard of that, but it sounds delicious. Chicken Check it out, man. It was expensive, but it, it was worth it. And we got a discount on it, so I'll take it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Another one that I think is a classic is pasta and bolognese sauce. It's also just meat sauce. But, yeah, it's a, di a little bit different than uh, meatballs, and I, I think I like that. Just like ground beef that's kind of just in the sauce. Uh, it's good. Big fan of Yeah, it's another classic consistent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. So with the last pick for me, I will go dessert, which was also served at the restaurant I worked. And it was called Tartufo, and it was just this ball of ice cream that was wrapped up in something that tasted like the crunchy part of ice cream cake. Ooh. And it came with like a raspberry drizzle on top, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Wow. I've never even heard of that. But I'm yes, gonna have to Tartufo. T-A-R-T-U-F-O. Tartufo. <laughs> That's just fun to say, besides sounding delicious. Uh <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Raspberry on like the top. Oh yeah, man. The tartufo was killer. <laughs> there was always like leftover, you know, like stuff at the end of the night that they had prepared and it'd be like, oh yeah. bomb. <laughs> All right. I'll have to check that out. I guess I'll have to end on the dessert as well. I think it would be a disservice uh to not include cannolis on the oh, list. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another thing that has become very Americanized. Uh, <laughs> there's a you can now get them like chocolate dipped or like peanut butter dipped like Reese like cookies and cream like you can get all kinds of different flavors with these cannolis now and but yeah they are delicious first time I ever had one was in uh, Boston in the Italian district <laughs> good place Mike's, to get it Mike's pastries very good have you ever had cannoli cake no I have not well, now that I've been outed as a big cake guy earlier in the episode, um, <laughs> if, if you haven't had cannoli cake, that is, that is something you should indulge in as well. All right. I'll have to check that out next time I'm in an Italian part of a city. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where else I would get it. <laughs> All right. We're going to shift gears now to our trivia. And it is, who is the only player drafted first overall 
to play his entire career with one National League team. You said first baseman? No, first overall pick. Oh. Ooh. Uh, how recent are we talking? Uh, he retired six, seven years ago. Was Chipper Jones a first overall pick? Yes, he was, and that is the correct answer. All right, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he played his entire career with the Atlanta Braves. And let me pull up the stats. I can't believe I didn't have this earlier. Come on. Yeah, so he is a Hall of Famer. He had a career 85.3 wins above replacement, uh, over 2,700 hits nearly 500 homers as a switch hitter and an on-base percentage of over 400. So yeah, this guy definitely raked. He won an MVP award in 1999 and he was a eight-time all-star. I feel like that's kind of low for him. I feel like he would have had more. Chipper? Yeah. Um, I'm around long enough to have more. Yeah, he was so popular. But yeah, in the postseason. He had he collected 13 home runs, hit 287 with an on-base percentage of 409, uh, OPS of 864. Gosh, he did he, they did win a World Series in 1995 in his rookie year. Um, but yeah, so he was always been around for a while, staple. And I remember it was Bryce Harper. It was one of Chipper's like last years. It might have been his last year. It was Bryce Harper's one of his first. Um, and he just talked so highly of Chipper Jones as just like a person, um, like the way he conducted himself. So, I think he's a broadcaster now too, right, Chipper Jones? Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> there is a great moment from uh, the original spring training, 1.0, uh, when they had Freddie Freeman mic'd up and Chipper and Freddie were talking to each other. <laughs> and then there's a pop-up and – Freddie's like, ooh, watch this, boys, because he was on first base, and he, he ran all the way around the bases. <laughs> that he pointed up at Chipper. <laughs> pointed out, I do remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was one of the great uh, spring training moments, uh, however far and in between they are. Few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I guess guys that cannot do this or can do this, Carlos Correa can spend his entire team with the career with the Astros. Bryce Harper cannot. Steven Strasburg can. He, he probably, probably will. will with that big yeah. contract he just signed. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Harper will not. I'm just Mickey. trying to think of first overall picks right now. Uh, Mickey Moniak. Yeah. I guess, like, theoretically, like, a Casey Mize or, you know, one of those guys. Yeah. But um, who really knows? But, yeah, because I was thinking Verlander for a second, but even he He left. was drafted second overall. Oh, was he? Oh, behind Matt Bush, right? Or mm -hmm. something like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... I don't know, not Verlander even. Well, he also got traded, but uh, yeah, I, I couldn't rattle off that many first overall picks off the top of my head. Yeah, and I guess it's also just such like a hard thing to do. Stay one it's hard consistent. to make the majors in the first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah let alone uh, staying in the whole spot for your or staying in the same spot for your whole career. Um, <laughs> Garrett Cole, no. Dansby Swanson, maybe. No, he was drafted by the Diamondbacks. Oh, yeah, for Shelby Miller. Yeah, horrible trade. Then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. It, it's tough to do. To, one, be good enough to be drafted one overall, make the majors with the same team and stay there and have that comfortable of a relationship with those guys just to stay there the whole time. So. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely a prop to Chipper Jones.
for sure. <laughs> Hall of Famer. All right. Uh, transitioning now to the song lyric or movie quote of the day. Dave, what'd you bring us? So the last couple of weeks I have done song lyrics. So I figured it out or I figured that today I would switch it to a movie quote. My favorite movies are usually stupid movies, uh, <laughs> <laughs> stupid comedy. So I picked one from super bad, which, um, oh, just yeah. is an all timer. I love super bad. It's absolutely hysterical. McLovin. And, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna Will. I'm gonna clean this one up a little bit for you because I know you would prefer if I did that. All so, right. It was during the scene where Fogel, otherwise known as McLovin, is explaining why his fake ID says McLovin on there. Yes. <laughs> and he says, "Well, it was between that or Muhammad." <laughs> Jonah Hill's character says. Well, why would it be that? Why would it be between that or Muhammad? Why didn't you just pick a common, normal name? And Fogel replies, "Muhammad is the most commonly used name on Earth. Read a book for once." Yeah. <laughs> and um, it makes me laugh every single time because he has a point. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah. But why couldn't it be Steve or something <laughs> like? <laughs> <laughs> Read a book for once, man. Mom is the most yeah. popular game on earth. <laughs> yeah, geez. Oh, yeah, that movie is fantastic. McLovin. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely a good movie to watch for seniors in high school. <laughs> yeah, because it's so real, which is, like, the crazy part about it. Um, yeah. But love it. Uh, one of my favorites. Yep, yep, yep. All right, I also chose a movie quote. And it comes from Back to the Future. It is said by Marty McFly. And this is the unveiling of the time machine. And Doc's running him through it. And Marty's like, wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? (laughs) (laughs) I love this quote because this is really when the movie gets going. And the DeLorean is such a cool-looking car with the gullwing doors, you know, that, like, raise up. Yeah. (laughs) And I really want one. And I want one looking like the time machine from the movies. And it can be done. There are DeLoreans on sale for about $20,000 on eBay right now. Uh, not Not like the customized ones. But to get it customized, there's some guys down in Oviedo, Florida, who will outfit your DeLorean for as low as $45,000. This should be a commercial for those guys. Literally. And just so it is on the air, it is one of my life goals to be to own a DeLorean time machine. I have uh, made this clear to other people as well, but I think having that car and being able to drive it around, one of the coolest things I could do. So this might be a stupid thing for me to think or to find out, but just recently I discovered that DeLoreans were real cars. Like before yeah. the movie, yeah. I always thought that was something like the Batmobile or something like they created this vehicle, the DeLorean. You know that that was what they used for the movie. I didn't realize that it was an existing model of car that then they spruced up in. in <laughs> yeah, uh, the story behind it is super cool. Um, it was named after its creator. Uh, I can't think of his name. But his last name was DeLorean, and he was like an inventor of sorts. And he wanted to get into the automobile industry. And he thought, I'm going to do it with a bang. I need to design this really cool looking car, DeLorean. 
<laughs> and that was one of the few models, maybe only model ever made by them before they went out of business. Uh, <laughs> but it's a cool story uh, behind it. And, yeah, I was uh, I was reading that they struggled because anytime somebody like needed a spare part or something like that, there just weren't any around. Yeah. And it wasn't like today when you could just, you know, Google DeLorean parts and have them shipped to your house. It was like a huge process. So that was part of the downfall of the, uh, of the DeLoreans. Yeah. It, yeah, it's very interesting. And there's actually, I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore, but there was a documentary about basically everything like behind Back to the Future, its impact on Americana and a big segment of that was talking about like the DeLorean and like people's just life around the car. But yeah, I want one bad. Go for it. I support it. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Here's our trending Twitter topic to bring us all home. Lionel Messi, one of the top soccer players in the world with Cristiano Ronaldo being the other that draws the Jordan LeBron-esque comparisons. Uh, so Messi got trending yesterday because he announced that he wants to leave Barcelona, the team that he has played for his entire career. So to me, this is kind of like the equivalent of Mike Trout coming out tomorrow saying he wants to leave the Angels. Not quite Jordan announcing his re first retirement, but still crazy. So yeah, thoughts on that. My initial thought to hearing that Messi was leaving Barcelona was that it was going to inspire every, like, low-budget soccer team across America to make some phony, like, Messi's going to come here remark. And then I saw Duquesne Soccer tweet a picture of Messi in a Duquesne uniform, and yeah. I also saw people talking about the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, <laughs> my squad, signing Messi. And I was like, all right, this went exactly how I expected it to go. But, um... I don't know. I'm not really huge on soccer. Um, I played a lot of FIFA growing up, so I do know a decent number of names. But I guess it's cool that he's moving. You know what I mean? Um, hopefully he goes somewhere with cool jerseys because I'll buy one. <laughs> but overall, uh, I don't know. It'll shake things up, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also saw that. Like, like um, oh gosh, who else was tweeting? Like the – uh, San Antonio Spurs were like, hey, Messi, come here. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, like, the Oakland Athletics tweeted out, like, a picture of him in, like, their jersey or something. Anytime uh, a big free agent hits the market in any sport, it's like, everybody did it with LeBron. I knew it was going to happen with Messi, and it did. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Fun, so, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just trying to get in, like, the head there of, like, the fans, like, the impact that he has had on them and, like, this – coming around like imagine if Mike Trout said tomorrow I'm leaving like trade me yeah one thing I didn't really understand is he just had this clause in his contract where he could just say you know what I'm out of here and anytime he wanted I guess yeah what a genius oh yeah <laughs> why don't more people do that <laughs> that's how LeBron structured all his contracts with the yeah, I guess just doing those one-year deals but yeah. like the way Messi's is I think he could literally just leave whenever yeah, I mean, if you're that good and a team is willing to do anything and everything to sign yeah, you, they'll include that. Yeah. And that, that's kind of what made uh, Harper's contract so interesting to a lot of people was there was no opt-outs. He yeah. is there for 13 years. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that was something that a lot of people found interesting. Uh, but, yeah, for me, 
if, say, I don't know, Max Scherzer wanted to leave. Like, I would be like, wow, like that. It, it would be shocking. Huh. <laughs> but that is the world of sports that we are living in. And this is the world of podcasting where nothing gets solved and nobody listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we're just a couple of guys having fun, talking shop, and it is one of my favorite things I like to do every week and makes it better that David's here. So, David, thank you. Glad to be on, Will. Always, always. All right. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.